Starcourt Study Hall contains spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Marina. And I'm Amanda. And this is Starcourt Study Hall. First things first, I'm the realist. I was going to say that. Second thing is, <laughs> second thing second is you all need to pause right now. You need to get some tea. You need to get some coffee, perhaps a pillow and some popcorn because this is a long one. So yeah. settle in because today, right in time for Valentine's Day, sort of, we are going to be talking all about jancy yay yay so jonathan and nancy and the first of our little couple series here was steve and nancy and we all know you people love that Mm -hmm. so today we're gonna do what i have labeled as the first lie all about jancy yay jancy So let's go kind of just right into this because we all have lives that we need to get we need to get to. Yes. So I'm going to do a little bit of a reiteration of what I did at the beginning of our Stancy episode, just so that if you haven't listened to that episode or maybe it's been a long time and you forgot, you kind of understand what the goal is. So we are eventually going to do an episode for each of our couples that we have. So it'll be... Mike and Eleven, and then Hopper and Joyce. But the goal of the couple series is to essentially just isolate the relationship from the rest of the show. And as we mentioned in our Stancy episode, we are not here to talk about ships, okay? We just so happen to have chosen Stancy first because they are the first established couple, not because they are endgame. Right. I mean... Exactly that. Yep. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> Don't do that. Okay. Um, (laughs) We're not going to do that. Today we're focusing on Jonathan and Nancy because they are beautiful in their own way. And I think they become especially relevant in season two because obviously we finally get them acknowledging their feelings for one another in season two. Yes. And in case you didn't already put two and two together, this episode is named after the piece of score that plays when Nancy and Jonathan finally hook up in The Spy in season two. Which is named after Murray's quote when they get to his little bunker and he's like, you've told me a lot of shockers today, but that was the first lie. The song plays as Nancy and Jonathan kiss after going into their separate rooms and it is a beautiful composition off of the season two score and it is only a minute and 14 seconds long. (laughs) But it's all we need. It's all we, it's so, it's just so good. It's gotta be like top five. I don't know. It's just such a good little song. And before we get started... I really want to talk about the concept of tension. We're going to get spissy today. Yeah, we are. I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to get spissy. So I don't write romance. I'm not a romance author. I don't think you are. Mm -mm, I'm not. We're not romanceologists. (laughs) Let's just add that to the list of ologists. We are not. (laughs) We are not, yeah. And I don't truthfully read too much of it. 
because uh, it's hard to do it well. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't read a lot of it, but I do know from the romance that I have read, and I'm sure we can name beyond books, movies or television shows that have successfully sold to us a romance. But tension mm-hmm. is key in developing romance and lust between two characters. Tension, anticipation, all leading to a climax. Yes, that is on purpose. <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Um, but Amanda asked a really good question. And she said, is there a difference between sexual and romantic tension? Right? I did. I ask good questions sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I. We were talking about kind of like what the differences between Steve and Nancy and Jonathan and Nancy's mm-hmm. relationships are. And to me, I always got the sense that Steve and Nancy had kind of this deep romantic connection, but Jonathan and Nancy, purely carnal. That's all you need to know. Mm. Hmm. <laughs> okay. It's a good. It's really. It's a good point. And even if you disagree, it's still thought provoking mm-hmm. to think of these two couples in that context. Maybe they both have both. Maybe you feel like they both share romantic and sexual tension. Yeah. But the other thing, too, that we have to ask when we're talking about tension and the creation of romantic chemistry is, does the relationship remain satisfying after the tension is released? Mm. So we're going to ponder that a little bit in this episode. And that's all I'm going to say for now, because we have a lot to get through. We sure do. But that is our our (laughs) thesis question if you will for this episode <laughs> yes is our thesis this is our dissertation yeah. on <laughs> honestly so many of these episodes could be like mini dissertations like, we need to get a grip or a degree one okay. or the other or yeah does it does anybody know any institutions that offer a phd in stranger things right? because i think we qualify can this be like an inaugural thing we both work at an institution of higher ed oh my gosh yes we should ask them they're always making Hello. new majors can you launch this please we can come up with the whole curriculum we can write all the units it'll be great we'll be the only professors literally (laughs) (laughs) the founding the founding yes the foundingers okay all right so let's let's do a little bit of first impressions of these two yeah i I adapted this a bit because we've already done this once so first impressions of nancy we kind of have this Family is at the foreground of her life, but to me, and you can tell me if you agree or not, they don't really come across as close-knit. No, they seem like they do not know each other at all. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this child? Right? Holly, what? (laughs) Yeah, like, like Nancy and Mike really don't, they don't come off. I mean, no, they have like that, that like brother, sister, I feel like they have like a banter and like a teasing. Yeah. But as far as investment in each other, it's not clear right off the bat. Nancy comes off definitely, and we're only talking first impressions. She definitely comes off as a smarty pants, a little bit of a goody two shoes. Mm-hmm. She has a barb, but we don't see her with a big group of friends. So we assume she kind of has a small social circle. Mm-hmm. We also kind of assume that she's inexperienced in relationships, but she is kind. She might be a little bit of a goody two shoes, but she's not nasty. Yeah. Yeah. And she's kind, particularly to Jonathan in season one when no one else is being kind to him. Yeah. She's kind of the first person who like takes that leap to just say something to him. Right. Mm -hmm. Throughout the series, obviously our impression of Nancy transforms kind of with her. She shows us that she has a thirst for justice. She's very intuitive. She's definitely headstrong. I do think we see quite often that she struggles with her own honesty and transparency 
in regards to her relationships. Mm -hmm. We see this with both Steve and Jonathan in different ways. But I do think she loves fiercely. Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan, on the other hand, I personally kind of struggled (laughs) to pin him down. And I have my own questions about this from a from a writer's perspective yeah like those who wrote his character not me as a writer but i extended this question to our instagram followers and we got like a tiny little trickle of input and one of us feels like he makes really fluffy eggs and that's what (laughs) they love about jonathan which yes you're right he does music taste and a lot of people mentioned that his love for his family and nancy Mm -hmm. stand out So at first we kind of see Jonathan, and we've talked about this a gazillion times, as a very parentified individual. He's kind of the father figure, at least just sort of by default, because Lonnie is out of the picture. Mm -hmm. And I also think compared to Nancy and Mike, we see a a closeness between Jonathan and Will. Yes. Like, you can tell that they know each other on a deeper level Mm -hmm. than Mike and Nancy almost ever do. Yeah, exactly. He's a bit pretentious, at least... In my opinion, I've heard conflicting opinions here. He comes off to me as a bit pretentious, but I do think he has a very good heart. Mm -hmm. And he also comes off to me as an intellectual. (laughs) The best thing that I came up with here was like, he's the kid who fails everything because he doesn't apply himself, but he's actually a genius. Yeah, I would agree with that assessment. I feel like, well, we've talked about also numerous times the fact that this kid just clearly doesn't go to school. Like he's just never in school, but he's very Mm -hmm. smart. Like... He just he is he just is like focused on his craft of photography and Mm -hmm. he does what he needs to do and he doesn't really care about like you know the high school nonsense it seems like he's a little like like above it all I guess sure which is a little pretentious yeah but I did have a question here we say we say we we feel he is an intellectual person a smart person but do we ever see any demonstrations of this intellect I think it's like an intellect that's more introspective. He's he's like self right. self aware. He thinks yes. a lot. He reads into things a lot. Like he just mm-hmm. he critically thinks a lot about the world around him, and you can tell through mm-hmm. what he says and stuff. Like when he has that whole conversation with Nancy about like the nuclear family and all that. That's just like a very introspective take kind of like it's just i mean granted it, it's also probably formulated by reading a lot of like catcher in the rye and kurt vonnegut um yes <laughs> but but yeah you, right. can, you can tell he's like he's very like inwardly intelligent yeah which is interesting as a contrast to the other demonstrations of intellect that we see from other characters right. where it's like puzzle solving mm-hmm. and like that kind of thing is very different than what we get from Jonathan. Yeah, it's almost like he has a he does have an ability to read people pretty well. Yes. Which is surprising yeah. from somebody who seems so antisocial, but maybe that's why he's antisocial. <laughs> exactly, which leads me really nicely into this other point, social outcast. Mm-hmm. He's definitely a social outcast, antisocial, he doesn't have friends. The only friend we ever finally see him have is Argyle in season 4. Mm-hmm and we obviously know that he doesn't seem to trust easily he's got he's got some well-earned daddy issues but he does come off a little bit as a ride or die so like once you earn his trust and once you have it he's gonna do anything yeah for you i would agree with that 
Yeah. And I also just don't want us to forget the circumstances under which we actually meet Jonathan because immediately he is thrust into trauma. Mm. We don't meet him until after Will disappears. So we don't see his baseline. Yeah. Whereas with Nancy, she withstands trauma early in season one, but we see her for two whole chapters before Barb disappears. So Jonathan, we never see him without the trauma of losing Will true like we don't really know exactly how this changes him and alters him and what he was like before because we have mm-hmm. we have a pretty clear trajectory for nancy's personality shift but not really so much for jonathan exactly and then as the series progresses i think jonathan's family oriented nature continues to kind of be at the foreground of his character mostly in regards to will mm-hmm. he's definitely passive at times in personal contexts so like socially he tends to be pretty passive he avoids conflict but i do think in larger ones we see him kind of step up to the plate like he's all into going to you know burn the lab to the ground with nancy in season two right so he he's active when it comes to things like that but when it comes to like the steve and nancy dynamic he was really timid for a long time before he didn't want to stir the pot so He's interesting in that in that way. Yeah. And then lastly for Jonathan, I think he comes off a bit confused about his passions as the series goes on, which could be trauma related. Like in season two and three and even one, right? He comes off as very, I am a photographer. Mm-hmm. I am into journalism from the photography, like the visual perspective of journalism. But then once we get to season four, we see that he's kind of taken like a hard left and... He's doing more of a, he's, he's kind of pursuing a different hobby with Argyle. Two different hobbies yeah. with Argyle. <laughs> it's just, he's changing it up a little bit. Um, yeah. Like on a different note, other than their, their relationship, I just want to mention that I do feel like that was a great depiction of depression. How yes. Jonathan, like he's in a different place and he just, he doesn't have interests anymore. He's just Mm-mm. like self-medicating pretty much to mm-hmm. kind of stave off whatever feelings he has and he doesn't mm-hmm. have interests and you know his whole life is just waiting for the next thing like okay when i'm with nancy right. when i'm with nancy i'll be happy when she comes out mm-hmm. here i'll be happy you know so yeah I, th- I just wanted to note that i thought that that was like a really interesting depiction of how that can happen no it totally is because you just lose interest and you just lose interest you just don't have interests yeah no that's really good and that's why honestly when people when people shit on him in season four i just think they're stripping him of the complexity of his character like i'm not like a we tease jonathan all the time on this podcast we tease him (laughs) we do but i can appreciate his character yeah and i i don't think that he declined character wise in season four i think he just changed in a way that maybe audiences weren't keen on yeah i was i thought he was great in this season i think that he took on the role that he's kind of meant to take on like just being Mm -hmm. there for will being as steve would say the babysitter to to the children (laughs) you know it is kind of funny how they they role swapped in season four didn't they yeah he's essentially being steve's like right he's just like driving the kids around yeah (laughs) 
All right. So let's kind of before we get into the rest of this, let's talk about them as a couple and what our impressions are. So we both know and you all know and everybody knows that this relationship between Jonathan and Nancy is built on shared trauma. Yes. (laughs) And and I'm going to extend this to shared experience. Mm, Okay. Mostly because Mike and Will are younger brothers to Jonathan and Nancy, but they're also best friends. And they, they have been since kindergarten, apparently. Yeah, so we know that in their own ways, Jonathan and Nancy have known each other as long as Mike and Will have been friends. Right. That's a long time. It's a long time. They also share a loss to the same unfathomable danger. Mm. So no one can relate to these two. No one can relate to each other as these two can. Right. Nobody else lost an immediate loved one really to a a demogorgon right like other people who have lost somebody can relate just to the loss but not the rest (laughs) of the circumstances at all (laughs) right except maybe like i don't know the scientist's parents but like we don't know though you know what i mean like other people died to the demogorgon but jonathan and nancy are are our characters so they they relate on a level that is not fathomable to others yeah i think personally that nancy and jonathan feel more compatible as a couple but more unexpected Mm -hmm. as a couple than nancy and steve so to me nancy and jonathan seem to align experientially intellectually and emotionally sure but nancy and steve feel more socially expected so like the goody two shoes with the jock i am i don't know if i'm like what do you think yeah i i would say that makes sense i mean like when in the beginning we see Nancy and Steve together. It's not shocking to see them together. It's, no. They, their relationship makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then when Jonathan and Nancy get together, you're like, like it is a little unexpected to see them together. Yeah. Because he's such a sort of brooding, a little bit more antisocial, mm-hmm. and she's very extroverted and, and mm-hmm. gregarious. And like, it's just, it's a weird match for sure. It is. And I think Nancy's and Steve's friends were a little bit like, what the fuck are you doing with her? And what the fuck are you doing with him? Yeah. But as a viewer, Nancy and Steve make more social sense, I think. I think so, too. Okay. And then the last part just about their couple is that their road to coupleship is a much slower burn. Mm. It's very slow. Well, yes, I would agree, except for Nancy and Steve being endgame, perhaps. So, like, we don't know what's going to happen in season five. Mm, Interesting. If they get back together in season five, I would say Nancy and Steve are a slower burn yeah yep you know so we don't know that's a good point yeah yeah with the information that we currently have nancy and jonathan took longer Mm -hmm. to be together as we know them together right but yes very true if nancy and steve do end up back together it was a slower process for them to land there than it would have been for jonathan and nancy yeah okay so let's talk about love languages (laughs) (laughs) so the five love languages how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate is a book by gary chapman it was written in 1992 and according to chapman there are five love languages which we all know yeah we've all taken the test we get it (laughs) right but they are words of affirmation (laughs) acts of service gift giving physical touch quality time and we said this before and we will say it again we understand that the love languages are a pseudo science yes right when it comes to trying to work through real relationship issues they are not meant to supplement things like therapy but they are very popular 
and they are fun to apply, and I think a lot of people can relate to them. Marina, have you taken the test? Yes. What are your love languages? I think that they are physical touch and quality time. Cool. I think what are yours? Mine are acts of service and gift giving. But fun fact sounds correct. Yeah. Eli's top love language is physical touch, and that is my last one. (laughs) 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 It's okay. As as we said, it is pseudoscience, Mm -hmm. and obviously we are fine. (laughs) You're fine. You just have to touch him a lot. All right. Anyway, anyway, back to Nancy and Jonathan. Yes. So let's do a little bit of a Nancy Jonathan love language breakdown. So we picked out Nancy's love languages in our Stancy episode, but yeah. we're going to do it again. So I still stand by words of affirmation for Nancy. She to me is a words gal. And I have different examples. So for Jonathan, it sounds like she was waiting for him to speak up mm. in Dig Dug when they're in the motel. And she was like, I waited for you. Yeah. So, like, to me, that means, like, hey, man, when you're going to say something, like, she wants to hear. Which is funny because she strikes me as a very, like, confident and strong young lady. Mm-hmm. So it's shocking to me when she says that because I'm like, why wouldn't she make the first move? But yeah, but I think words of affirmation make sense for her because I don't think it was a lack of confidence. I think she just mm-hmm. that's what she wanted to hear. She wanted to hear her feelings reciprocated. Yes. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. And then I also think we get this in season three when Nancy has her hunch about the rats and she wants this validation from Jonathan and he struggles to provide that for reasons that we're going to get into. But yes, that's another thing for me that Nancy really wants to hear things and she wants to be validated by her partner. We also sort of determined in our Stancy episode that Nancy seems to be a little bit acts of service as well. I think we see this in her need for action from her partner. And Jonathan was much more willing to act with her in both seasons one and two than than Steve was point blank. Very true. Right. Season three, Jonathan is a bit more hesitant, but I I really honestly think he was probably just fucking tired. (laughs) (laughs) We have had a grueling year and a half, dear. Can we please just simmer down? I just want to work at the newspaper and I want to go to school and i want to take photo like understandable <laughs> like, uh, he just wants a quiet summer <laughs> and nancy's like uh the the lady there are rats and there is poison and there are people dissolving and jonathan is like <laughs> please woman please can we have some peace please <laughs> <laughs> like poor jonathan i can't we're gonna get into that though but yes i don't know his hesitancy in season three is is it it, it's not as simple as him just rejecting her. There's yeah. a lot to it. And I also think we see her hurt in season four when Jonathan fails to come to Hawkins. So that was an act of service, mm-hmm. more or less, that he failed to perform. I guess we can also think of that as quality time, sure. too. Yeah. Right? And then this could be an act of service and quality time as well. She wants Jonathan to stay with her after their encounter in mm-hmm. season one with the Demogorgon. Yeah. She's like, could you sleep here and stay over, please? And here's a sleeping bag oh. and not gonna get you any clothes or anything but here you go sleep on my floor (laughs) thank you (laughs) yeah so then for jonathan who we haven't explored in this way yet i kind of also kind of pin him as a words of affirmation man dude because (laughs) in the same way that nancy was like i waited for you he was like but i waited for you so like neither (laughs) of these two were speaking up in regards 
to their their feelings for yes. one another so it's like they want to receive words of affirmation but they themselves aren't good at giving it i don't yeah. know it's like <laughs> they were just like in the stalemate <laughs> yeah like come on guys acts of service mm-hmm. to me this feels a little bit like how he gives love yeah. he's very much there for the people that he loves we talked about that a little bit already nancy his family and then i think amanda this was yours right i also thought of that nancy's kindness toward him in season one was an act of service on her part to him that he seemed to appreciate yeah i think so she went out of her way to you know make him feel better or at least try Mm -hmm. when nobody else would even touch him with a 10-foot pole which like (laughs) side note i i just like obviously i think it's depicted that jonathan is like kind of an outcast and that's why people didn't he's hard to approach yeah like that's why people didn't want to like approach him but i also think it was partially because of like just generally it's really hard Mm. to think of what to say to somebody who's grieving or going through something really hard and nancy for sure nancy took that leap and that's pretty brave honestly it's it is it is it's super hard to come up with you know the right quote-unquote thing to say to somebody who is struggling and she did so i i think that's like part of why he appreciated it so much if i recall correctly she said it sucks (laughs) (laughs) so good thank you nancy it's like a true wordsmith for those of you out there who have watched parks and rec there's the the whole arc when Anne gets pregnant and chris is just like trying to solve all her problems and she keeps getting so annoyed and all the friends are like listen you just have to say to her that sucks that's all you have to say and it works (laughs) our last love language for jonathan which i thought of we have two instances where jonathan both gives a gift and receives one so he gives will the mixtape in in the little flashback of season one when they're listening to should i stay or should i go but then he also receives a gift when quote unquote nancy gives him the camera which we really know is a gift from steve harrington Mm -hmm. steven steven and we talked about quality time just a a teensy bit but i want to make a note on it i don't know if quality time is either of their love languages maybe a little bit of nancy perhaps Mm -hmm. but i do think it's worth noting the sheer amount of time that nancy and jonathan spend together versus nancy and steve which is why this episode is a monster (laughs) yes it is the monster (laughs) even when nancy was technically dating steve she spent more time with jonathan that is true okay i forgot about so right regardless of if either of their love languages is quality time these two have filled up the quality time bucket it is full and overflowing it sure is okay let's get into their trajectory so we're gonna go season by season and we're gonna break down this couple by their like key moments in each season so obviously we're gonna start with season one wouldn't really make sense to start anywhere else so the first scene we get of nancy and jonathan in the series doesn't happen until chapter two the weirdo on maple street and it's when she approaches him in the school when he's putting up will's missing posters and at this point she has not lost barb yet Mm. but she still chooses to empathize with jonathan unlike the rest of the people in her group so that is tommy carol steve and barb even barb (laughs) didn't like (laughs) even barb is like "Mm, mm -mm. he's weird right and that's yeah barb you should maybe had you empathized you you wouldn't be in the situation you're in young lady 
But Jonathan legitimately looks confused by Nancy coming up to him. But also Mike just lost Will too. So these two, Nancy and Jonathan, are very connected right off the bat. So she can see that Mike just lost his friend and she obviously knows that Will is Jonathan's brother. So it's like, okay. Can we also take just a second to acknowledge how different this first scene between Nancy and Jonathan is versus the first scene with Nancy and Steve making out in the bathroom? It's a little different. (laughs) Just Just a wee bit. I did notice, though, both scenes, the bell rings. Oh, and they are cut yes the bell rang the bell rang the bell rang the bell rang we're just gonna leave that there we're not gonna elaborate on that at all right (laughs) (laughs) but there's a heaviness to this opening scene with jonathan and nancy that doesn't exist with the scene of nancy and steve there's a lightness a playfulness right yes it's very it's very teasing and like high school couple yeah. with Nancy and Steve. Jonathan and Nancy is like, I'm sorry that your brother has disappeared. <laughs> I am so sorry that your friend has disappeared. Have we considered this eldritch monster that I took a photo of <laughs> while spying on it's you? It's very different. <laughs> yes, it's very different. Very different. But we do kind of get Nancy walking away and Jonathan looking after her. So I do think this is set up. Mm. We are meant to understand this as a, a love triangle immediately. Yeah. I, I mean a little bit. Like right? at least from Jonathan you can tell that he yes. he at least thinks she's attractive. At least. Yeah, he has a thought. Yeah. Just one. Just one. Just thought. one thought. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course we have to get into our photos in the woods problem where Jonathan is spying on them at Steve's and he proceeds to snap pictures of Nancy undressing. You know, I just thought about this right now. But mm-hmm. like like later on Steve says like, Oh yeah, like I know it was weird, but like I just felt like you were saying something, blah blah blah. He tries to like explain it away. Really? Then why are there no shirtless pictures? Jonathan of Steve? says that, right? Yeah. Then where where are the shirtless pictures of Steve then, buddy? What was he saying? Mm. Weird. He wasn't in the window. <laughs> Who put that doggy in the window? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it? we see it was nancy for sure okay so i am not excusing jonathan's behavior whatsoever no but but we talked about building tension and i do think that this scene was included to create some of this tension even if the tension at this moment is one-sided right yeah I also think that we can all agree that this is incredibly taboo behavior that Jonathan is engaging in, right? He shouldn't be doing this. This is a bad look. This is bad behavior. Stop. However, in some ways, I think it would be taboo for Nancy, who comes from a very put together nuclear family, to be with someone like Jonathan, who is coming from a broken home that just broke even more. True. So I don't think this this scene between them with Jonathan snapping these photos and Nancy undressing and it lacking consent, I just... I think it's it, it can be kind of metaphorical in a way. Like yeah. there's a darkness here to this relationship that doesn't exist with Nancy and Steve, really. Yeah. And I I think like this is kind of our first indicator that her relationship with Jonathan is going to be her allowing herself to be who she feels that she is kind of inside and mm. and sort of grow and change because, you know, her and Steve like it's just expected like you said, like the whole nuclear family thing and her goody goody kind of act if it was an act I don't know but yeah I feel like when she gets together with Jonathan it's like there's I don't know it's just kind of like a little more rebellious a little more yeah uh dangerous and like you said taboo for sure I agree 
I totally agree. And like I said, it's voyeuristic for sure. Jonathan gets what's coming to him. But Nancy does seem more pissed at Steve for breaking the camera than she did at Jonathan for snapping the pictures. Right? In a way, she kind of... I feel like she got those photos. She was like, I look hot. Good job. Yeah, she was like, oh. <laughs> well, what was I saying when you took my photo? Mm. <laughs> We're in a dark room. Okay, I'm going to stop. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so we don't we don't condone Jonathan's behavior, but I do think it is more complex than just Jonathan being a creep. Like, I think there's more to it than that, personally. Yeah. It's not until the body, when we really start to get this pair in full force, not romantically yet, but in in sheer time spent. Mm -hmm. And Nancy finds Jonathan at the funeral parlor looking at coffins for Will, which I still think is super weird and could have waited, Nancy. But okay, whatever you have to do, you're on a mission, girl. We get it. Nothing stops you. I do sort of understand why she felt like it couldn't wait, though, because... If he saw that monster in the photo, he might have been mm. like, oh, okay, maybe maybe Will's not dead. Like, Maybe I don't need to purchase yeah, a coffin. Maybe I don't need to spend $5,000 on a child <laughs> casket right now. Yikes. Yeah, that's, that's fair. <laughs> then, as I just kind of mentioned, we get this scene of them in the dark room, right? Where Jonathan goes off on his photography boy rant about people saying more when they don't speak. All right, Jonathan. Ooh. <laughs> isn't that right boy and nancy asks what she was saying when he photographed her and i'm just gonna leave that there like that is flirty it's flirty af it is like and i always like she could have been like right like yeah she could have been like (laughs) okay like that still does not explain why you were being a voyeur but all right but no she's like oh yeah like what was i saying when you what was i saying yeah like creepily taking my photos from the woods literally i'm sorry i'm sorry she's a little bit into it i think she is and if, i think it's it if gives simply that, not like, to know what she's saying yeah it, i think it, it gives her like that little thrill of like doing something a little mm. rebellious a little dangerous yes 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 okay <laughs> we also get the discourse between nancy and jonathan in the woods when he kind of shames her for choosing steve the easy option right <sighs> And they discuss nuclear families in perpetuity and Jonathan's opposition to them. And they discuss cul-de-sacs. And it's great. I love cul-de-sacs. <laughs> Jonathan is, is pissed at cul-de-sacs <laughs> and nuclear families. He fucking hates them. He doesn't want to live on one ever. Which, by the way, for any listeners who are not in the United States, if you don't know what a cul-de-sac is, it's which is funny because the word is French. But it it's a, it's a street where... Like, it ends in, like, like it's a dead-end street, but it ends in, like, one of those circles. Like, all the houses are kind of mm-hmm. arced in a circle. Yeah, that's what a cul-de-sac is. And it's it's usually considered to be very family-friendly because, like, not a lot of cars come through there, mm-hmm. so kids can play. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why it's, like, a it's In the a street. Yeah. Yeah, and Jonathan hates them. Jonathan really so. hates them. But the question that I have about this scene is, do we feel like this conversation between Nancy and Jonathan influenced Nancy's romantic decision-making? Honestly, I hadn't considered it till you asked this question, but now I'm kind of thinking, yeah. Right? Like, was this a seed planted by Jonathan that she was taking the easy way out with Steve? Yeah, it sort of feels that way. Like, in in combination with the photos in the woods and, you know, this conversation, it does sort of feel like Nancy is like, now wait a dang minute. Yeah. 
right literally like in the spy when they go to their separate rooms and they're all pissed off and disgruntled at murray being right and nancy's like i don't retreat like she (laughs) wanted to like stick it to him like i don't retreat yeah like i don't know i think this was a little bit of a seed and i don't think that it invalidates their relationship at all i just think it was a seed and it was planted and nancy thought about it and it bloomed and she was like you know what maybe i am taking the easy way out and even if the purpose of her coming to that realization was to explore a relationship that she didn't think she would have normally explored which is valid i think it was a seed i agree i do think so too i think this is probably something she's never really given much critical thought to and yes until jonathan mentioned it and i think that that's why it pisses her off so much like i think that's Mm -hmm. why they argue about it because she's annoyed yes right i agree yeah immediately following this tiff we get nancy climbing through the tree into the upside down encountering the demogorgon and then we have what i have dubbed the nancy jonathan trauma sleepover (laughs) extravaganza (laughs) extravaganza incorporated (laughs) and this sleepover to me feels like a pivotal moment in their relationship because it establishes their willingness and ability to be there for each other yeah that's true because jonathan could have been like i should go home and be with my mom yeah nope 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 not doing that my mom who has strung up the house with lights and is just really hanging on by a thread but nope jonathan is like no nan sure i'll sleep on your floor (laughs) and then into your bed with no blanket like jonathan made a choice here again we're back at the poem there were two Two, paths roads road yeah two roads diverged in a yellow wood yellow wood i don't know why it's yellow but it's it's fall yeah it's autumn yeah sure the wood the road less traveled and stuff yeah so jonathan makes this decision but i also think that this sleepover creates more tension nancy asks jonathan if he could come up onto the bed and i understand that she is terrified and seeking companionship but you can feel the awkward you can right you can feel it like he's not allowed in under the covers no no Mm -mm. no under the cover over the clothes only the blanket (laughs) yes exactly And also in the morning, we do get that like lingering hand touch moment with them. Yes. We get that little little tippy tappy touch. Yes. And I I do think there is actually like some research out there that suggests that like being afraid can actually raise your Mm. like arousal. (laughs) Is that adrenaline and like is it? what are those things aphrodisiacs yeah, from being afraid yeah like i i remember seeing something once that like it's a good idea to like ask your first date like if you're gonna go to a movie go to like a scary movie because it's like Ooh. it makes you want to like cuddle up to them hold on i'm gonna google right this. i i feel like i remember reading this once it's very cool does fear build sexual tension <laughs> sexual attraction and survival mode oh god this is a psychology today article I which that. i question sometime mm-hmm. the the validity of these but i don't know but yes you're right right i'm not gonna read this whole thing yeah i mean i feel like you could draw that conclusion kind of on your own too like it it heightens your adrenaline it makes you want to feel the comfort of another person when you're afraid yes so i think this this did a great job of building tension yes sexual and and fear yes hot we also talk about the physiological response to fear and maybe for nancy and jonathan that's like horniness everyone responds all right moving on (laughs) no judgment 
Okay, so we can't really talk about season one, Jancy, without talking about the Steve and Jonathan alley fight. Mm -hmm. Can I get one? My nose. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) My nose. (laughs) Yes. So here, another question. Was Jonathan acting in defense of Nancy or in defense of Will or both? Because Flo seems to think that only love makes you that crazy and that damn stupid. (laughs) I honestly don't know. I feel like it was maybe a little bit of both, like defending Nancy's honor a little bit, but also Mm -hmm. defending the buyer's family a little bit because Steve was sort of Mm -hmm. coming for them. I agree. I don't really know if I feel like it's full, fully one or the other. I think there's a, I think Jonathan was just defensive because he was, Steve was coming at, not only Nancy, even though we learned that Steve didn't graffiti the movie theater board, it mm-hmm. was Tommy. But also he was he was picking on Will yeah. and the whole and the family. So I I don't know. This scene for me is hard. When Flo makes her comment at the police department, I'm like, I don't know, Flo, you might be off here, but I or mean, you're missing some information. I was gonna say, to be fair, she doesn't have all the facts. Yeah, right. <laughs> Nor does Steve at this point. Exactly. Nobody has any facts. No. We're all just blindly groping in the dark here. <laughs> um <laughs> Steve and Nancy not uh, excluded here. (laughs) Everybody's groping in the dark. Yeah. So it is at this point in season one that Nancy and Jonathan begin to make their plan to find and kill the Demogorgon. And Nancy is pretty much fully disengaged with Steve, especially after the fight in the alley. And this plan of Nancy and Jonathan's is fully fleshed out. And they formulate and execute completely independently and they problem solve and they act together. So we've talked about their relationship and how it's built on shared trauma, experience and shared loss. Mm. But I also think it's built on teamwork. It so is. They work together so well. They really do. Like they make a fabulous team. They do. In this context. I would agree. Even non- okay. non-romantically, they work very well together they really do they make a good team okay let's get into season two jancy and this is where we really 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 amp up the spiss the spissy it's about to get spissy okay our first yeah our first nancy jonathan moment of season two comes when we see nancy slam the halloween party invitation into jonathan's stomach (laughs) as they are walking out of the classroom in mad max she's just like slams it right into him and then steve comes and like whisks her away to a locker and it's very adorable yes and then jonathan mopes away sadly sad boy and it's funny because the first scene of Nancy and Steve we get in season two is her trying to help him write his college essays, which, again, shows their intellect, intellectually unmatchedness. Yeah. And it doesn't go well. But the scene with Nancy and Steve is much less light, lighthearted than the one that we get of Nancy and Jonathan. So they kind of swap yeah. for season two. See what I'm saying? They do. And I think, like, side note, it's, <laughs> it's interesting to see their intellect unmatched and think about, like, Steve and Nancy's downfall because I think a lot of it does have to do with him being insecure. Steve. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think Steve feels insecure with Nancy. I think mm. that he recognizes that, like, intellectually they're not quite on the same level. I mean, she is, mm. like... She's preparing for college already and she's a junior at this point and he's a senior and he's like, I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't know if I'm going to college. Like, so I think he feels very insecure about not their relationship per se, but that he's not good enough for her. Very good point. Also, it's kind of 
weird to put Steve in an insecure bucket. It is. Because it's not what he projects, but he definitely is. Yeah. And we see the buildup of his insecurity up into season four. Oh, yeah. Pretty much until, like, in season four, we finally see him start to shed that insecurity and realize Mm -hmm. that he's, like, he's fine as he is. Right. Yeah. So by trick-or-treat freak, we get the downfall of Stancy in caps. Mm -hmm. This is kind of like the Nancy Jonathan trauma sleepover extravaganza (laughs) incorporated. This is the downfall of Stancy. Yeah. Okay. She's grappling with feeling like like they killed Barb. She has survivor's guilt. Yeah. And she has this, this insatiable thirst for justice and truth. And Steve just cannot match her energy they are not speaking the same language no and i do think steve is valid in his concerns he's like uh we can't talk about that very similar to like lucas like uh we can't talk about that right but that's just not what nancy needs right now she's not responding to this resistance she needs somebody who's gonna help her burn it to the ground right or at least like better acknowledge what is going on sure like i feel like she just wants somebody to validate her feelings at this point honestly and yeah steve's not doing that like i feel like if he had validated her feelings and sat her down and talked about it instead of like sweeping it all under the rug she might not have even needed to go do the whole burning down to the ground thing Mm. interesting yeah i don't know would her would she have been satisfied right i don't know so steve leaves her at the halloween party because it's it's bullshit it's bullshit that's bullshit and Jonathan takes her home. Mm. That's the knight in shining armor. Yes. Our knight. Here he comes. Here he is. Jonathan Byers. Wild. And I just like side note, the bar is truly on the floor, ladies. This is <laughs> this like I'm just looking at this like, oh my God. He doesn't even try anything. What a guy. Really? Really? This is this is where the bar mm. is, people? The bar is low. It is very low. Let's do better, people. Yeah yeah so i also want to talk about that romance trope and you can tell me if you know what i'm talking about or not but like (laughs) the person is like in and out of consciousness for one reason or another yeah and they're like muttering the name of the person who they actually love when they really should be (laughs) saying the person's other you know what i'm talking about yes and i this example is like also exactly what i would think of the one that i listed (laughs) okay so everybody we are watching the half-blood prince okay <laughs> and ron is in the hospital wing and he's muttering hermione's name and not lavender's mm-hmm. and lavender is pissed and hermione just is like um i'm just gonna hold his hand now and everybody giggles yeah it's this it's like this weird like what is this who made this trope of i, I think it's supposed to be kind of connected to the like you know drunk thoughts sober feelings kind of sure thing where like subconscious yes like they're not totally there Mm -hmm. so they're just kind of blurting out whatever Mm -hmm. like getting your wisdom teeth out yes exactly that (laughs) yeah (laughs) so yeah so jonathan drops nancy off and she's like jonathan and he's like what and then he leaves (laughs) (laughs) he's just like doesn't lay her on her side i know right oh my god the worst but you know other than that good job jonathan (laughs) So we also get Nancy being very open and honest with Jonathan in ways that she was not able to do with Steve unless she was or until she was drunk. Right. Right. 
in the polywog, Nancy confesses to Jonathan. She's like, I might have meant what I said to Steve. Ugh. Right? Yeah. That I don't love him. And even Jonathan at that point is like, no, you know, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, not wanting to stir any pots. Not wanting to make any moves. Like, she's giving you an in again, Jonathan. The in is here and you're not taking no, it. No, he is not. Yeah. But overall, these two feel like they're on a different level emotionally. They can have conversations that are a little bit more honest as long as it's not involving them right <laughs> them too yeah <laughs> they can be honest about other things except each other yes and then we get this teamwork again we get nancy and jonathan coming together again as a team and we really see the contrast of what nancy was needing from steve but wasn't getting she gets it from jonathan he's like fucking go let's do it but obviously how jonathan would say that which would be like all right all right you sure you want to do this yes okay i don't really think jonathan is quite as thirsty for justice but he has skin in the game and is willing to support nancy yes and he is also thirsty in other ways and has skin in other places hey. <laughs> <laughs> we told you all this was gonna get spicy so you can't be mad we gave buckle you a in. warning it's gonna get spicier buckle in it's gonna get spissy spiss <laughs> so we also have to, again, I know I've mentioned this before, but the amount of time that Nancy and Jonathan are spending together in contrast to Nancy and Steve. Also, the weight of the experiences that they are sharing. Yeah. So, like, they get a whole ass tour of Hawkins Lab and they get shown Mothergate. And, like, that's an experience that they have together. Yeah. And that's information that they come by together. Nobody else can relate to what these two are going through. It's true. And that is a lot to take in yes it is it totally is and then we just talked about this in last week's episode but in dig dug we get the scene in the motel where mm -hmm. these two insist on maintaining this ruse that they are not romantically interested in each other but by this point the audience is like um can we just can y'all can this the show it needs to get on the road and it's not <laughs> getting on the road but the tension is there i was desperately waiting for the the front desk lady to be like oh sorry we only have singles left <laughs> that's how that's how sex happens it in is. fiction there's only one room and there's only one bed in the room yes and at first they try to put pillows between each other to mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. sleep separately but ultimately mm -hmm. love wins and it's a cold wintry night and they just want to be warm mm -hmm. the heat broke the heat broke <laughs> oh my god everything is working out so conveniently <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they flirt obviously they show each other their scars and nancy's is bigger and jonathan says congratulations <laughs> like an absolute doofus but they both seem to be regretful that the other wasn't clearer about his or her feelings but then they proceed to still be unclear yes. so i don't these two are painful this is just the pot both are pots both are kettles both are calling each other black like somebody yes. say something direct yes a side note I should have mentioned this in our last episode when we talked about when they share each other's scars. But to be fair, when Jonathan is like, congratulations, when she's like, mine is bigger. If we're going to be like colloquial about it, Nancy's definitely is bigger. She has stronger BDE mm -hmm. than Jonathan does, I think. She does. Yeah. Nancy has stronger BDE than anybody except maybe Joyce. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty right? closely matched in, in BDE, I would say. Agreed. <laughs> and we're on the subject anyway yes about the scars but i do think on a serious note 
we are meant to understand that the scars that these two share goes way beyond the physical, mm, right? Yeah. We get it. We understand. Yeah. Now, finally, finally in The Spy, which I can't wait to talk about, even though we're going to talk about it right now, <laughs> we get the release of the tension, okay, between Nancy and Jonathan after Murray calls them out on their bullshit. Bullshit. Okay? Bullshit. <laughs> He teases them about the shared trauma, and then he says, you've told me a lot of shockers today, but that is the first lie. And then he says, we like Steve, but we don't love Steve. (laughs) And he just absolutely rips into them. And Murray also calls Steve the safe option and says Nancy will retreat back to the safety of, and then he's like, name, name. And Jonathan's (laughs) like, Steve. (laughs) All right, Jonathan. (laughs) But this is a very similar sentiment to what Jonathan was saying in season one about Steve being the safe one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So now we're Nancy's in her head again. She's like, am I retreating? Am I just doing what's easy? Like, what should I do here? And I... Yeah. And it's interesting because I mentioned earlier that Jonathan is pretty good at reading people. So it's Mm -hmm. it's cool to watch somebody else read him. Yes. (laughs) He does. Yes. That's a amazing point he looks very what is he he's like trust issues yeah jonathan's like i don't have trust issues he's all pissed (laughs) 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 but then we get this scene between them where they go into their separate rooms and we get them both considering taking action fucking finally yes and then they come back out for a second just to be awkward and then they separate again and then nancy leaves her room again and jonathan (laughs) is standing right there and then they kiss frantically and there's lots of heat and spiss and kissing sounds and then i am here for it yeah okay i we all know we are stancy gals we are we are but this is heat that I can appreciate. Me too. With the first lie playing, this is a 10 out of 10. Tension is released. Mm-hmm. Climax. Literally yes. and figuratively. Yes. Right? We all feel it. We felt the buildup and then was, ha! Ah. How was the pullout? <laughs> How was the pullout? <laughs> no. So we but, finally yeah. get this buildup and this release of this tension between these two. And the writers did such a good job with building this tension and and like just the satisfaction of when they finally get it's together. so good it's so i'm like not a romance gal at all like i just i don't even i don't i don't i just don't care um but like i, I just I, don't care like i i literally stop watching shows because i'm like sick of all of the personal drama i just like i don't care but this i cared about this i wanted i wanted mm-hmm. it nancy needed this i did too jonathan needed it she did yeah and it was good it was hot and we didn't even see anything it was the implication but that's also good writing because then it's like what does your mind do with that right versus showing you everything it lets your mind run yeah good yeah we love so good we love that it was a great scene yes the first lie is playing i wish i could as i often do wish i could like sing it to you all but as always it is just synth and i can't (laughs) sing that and we can't play it either because we don't have money to be sued so no but we did talk about what an honor it would be to be sued by netflix i mean honestly (laughs) what a way to get popular right everyone would know who we are there you go (laughs) so yeah let's all like take a cold shower real quick Mm -hmm. and for the rest of season two 
I do think we get this nice little switch of Nancy supporting Jonathan. Yes. Right? Because thus far, it's been Jonathan supporting Nancy, Jonathan, Jonathan supporting Nancy, Nancy needing to do all these wild things, and Jonathan just doing it. But finally, we get Nancy supporting Jonathan. And I say this because Nancy stays with Jonathan for the extent of will's exorcism whatever the whatever's going on and in fact if she hadn't been there jonathan would have stopped it she stopped him from stopping the exorcism yes so nancy yes these they again teamwork they are fantastic with this kind of thing and they support each other and it's just it's 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 also another traumatic experience to add to the arsenal they have so many right to close out season two for this actual couple now thank you Yay. finally we have finally have jancy it took two whole seasons whereas with <laughs> steve and nancy it took about 15 minutes of of show <laughs> crazy no tension None. i'm not tense no <laughs> now i am a little bit though i know right a little bit a tense little for steven and nancy steven 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 nancy <laughs> All right, so let, let's get into season three. And this is the the dry spell for Nancy and Steve. We get nothing whatsoever zero. for them. Nancy and Jonathan, zero. <laughs> zero to hero, like from Hercules. Yes. Nancy and Jonathan spend the entirety of this season as a couple. Yay. Finally, and they are established and they are settled. But they're also dealing with worldly relationship issues. And I honestly think the Demogorgon was less difficult. (laughs) This is such a great point. Like when I read this in here, I was like, this, this is why Steve and Nancy and um, Jonathan and Nancy don't work like long term. Yes. Because since they're built on trauma, that's all they know how to deal with. They don't Mm. know how to handle just like normal day to day crap that couples go through. Mm. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. long distance, which we'll get to later. They have no clue how to deal with that. They they don't know how to deal with differences in opinion, differences in Mm -hmm. like, I don't know, just like dealing with like tough things at work. Like they they just can't deal with anything that's not like world ending. Right. Exactly. It's so true. And before we get into all of that. There's this first scene that we get of them, though, in Susie, Susie, do you copy where they're both waking up in Jonathan's bed in their underwear so and cute. they're both late for work and Nancy jumps out of his window <laughs> into the yard. It's just it's a great scene. And I think it really conveys that these two are full steam ahead. It's been about seven to eight months since the events of season two. Mm. And I'm sure Joyce does not know that Nancy's in the bedroom, but mm. they're sleeping together literally and figuratively. Yes. And waking up at each other's house and Karen probably thinks Nancy is at Allie's. And it's just, it's a really good way to convey where these two are in their relationship. I just want to point out that Joyce definitely knows that Nancy is in there. You think so? Yeah, because when when they're at breakfast, Jonathan still has like a kiss mark on his cheek. Mm, And Joyce Joyce wipes it off and she like giggles. Yes. Then Will's like, ew, I'm never gonna blah, blah, blah. And Joyce is like, (laughs) it'll be different when when you fall in love. Ha ha yes it you're will. right i forgot about the kiss it will be different it will be very different yeah. <laughs> very different but i also kind of love that commentary on joyce versus the wheelers like yeah. joyce would totally be fine with jonathan's girlfriend sleeping over yeah totally she, fine she did not care like she she definitely no. knew she was there she did not care yeah she, yes she was just happy versus- jonathan was was seeing somebody honestly <laughs> <laughs> there's a person here yeah it's just a human she's being. with him yeah but then this scene of this cuteness 
transitions a little bit to Nancy at work now. They're both working. And she's getting ridiculed by the Hawkins Post idiots. Yes. And I think that this is important to mention in the context of Nancy's and Jonathan's trajectory as a couple. And we also get Nancy getting this call from Mrs. Driscoll about the rats, another piece of information that it's worth it's worth knowing. Yes. In the mall rats, I do feel like we get this first glimpse of Jonathan resisting Nancy's action-oriented nature. And we talked about how he's probably just fucking tired, right? He <laughs> yeah. doesn't want to do this anymore. He just wants to go to bed it's and over eat it. eggs. And... Yeah. But she wants to go investigate this story. But Jonathan is rightfully worried that they could be fired. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Yeah. So... Again, I think this is a valid excuse on Jonathan's part and also proof that you shouldn't go into business with your significant other. No, bad tr- <laughs> especially like maybe if you've been married a long time, sure. but <laughs> just just not a good idea. Yeah. And Jonathan, as Jonathan does, goes along with it anyway. Mm-hmm. Right. But this dynamic persists for a couple of chapters between them. Nancy wants to keep digging. Jonathan resists out of fear of losing his job, but still going along with it. And this is the first we really see of Jonathan not being unquestionably supportive of Nancy, right? And I do love a supportive partner, but I do think Jonathan is kind of in the right here for some reasons and obviously not for others. And if Jonathan, if Nancy had followed Jonathan's lead, we would not have a season three. But, you know, (laughs) right. In the sauna test, we see these two needing to cope with external strains, Mm -hmm. especially once they actually do wind up being fired. Right. Jonathan needs this job. Nancy does not. Nancy is dealing with a hostile, sexist work environment. Jonathan is not. So they share a plethora of unique experiences, and they have a deep understanding of one another for some very special reasons. But Nancy simply does not understand Jonathan's financial strain, and Jonathan simply does not understand the workplace abuse that Nancy is sustaining as a result of being a woman. Yeah. So this... Is a, is a point of contention for these two. And they are both upset by it. I don't think either of them is like happy because they're like, well, I guess we just don't understand each other. Yeah, like they just, they don't, again, they're in a stalemate, right? They both need words of yes. affirmation and they're not getting them from the other. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like, Nance, I understand that you're dealing with a lot of stuff at work that is unfair to you and it's abusive and it's hostile. Right. However, I need money. I need to support my family, right? Yeah. And... Nancy saying, Jonathan, listen, I understand that you need this money, but I can't work like this. I Right. That's all they needed to and and again, if they weren't working together, Nancy just could have quit her job without it being like True. <laughs> like a whole thing. That's a great point though. Like Jonathan's job security is almost contingent on Nancy's actions. Yeah. And her needing to stifle her instincts to keep him employed it's 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 a very hairy situation it is it's a meaty one. Oh, it's gonna be okay oh yeah <laughs> so these two like these two ultimately do make up yes. right here we fucking go with this and we get the very action-packed and very terrifying hospital meat monster hawkins post scary man horror movie scene in the flayed okay yes I sent that sentence to my new supervisor. Yeah. Like we mentioned earlier, Marina and I work at the same place. So she tried to Google chat this to me and she sent it to her boss. (laughs) (laughs) I'm 
just going to read it again for maximum impact. Please do. I sent to my boss the following sentence. (laughs) 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 I can read it. I can read it. The very action-packed and very terrifying hospital meat monster, Hawkins Post, scary man, horror movie scene in The Flayed. That went to my boss. (laughs) With no context. (laughs) You want to talk about job security? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So. Amazing. uh, Anyway. Marina's still employed. I, I, I love. I am. She understands. She's cool. I love watching them, Jonathan and Nancy, try to fight off these monsters to defend one another. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the hospital, which this scene is probably, it is horrifying. This scene is genuinely horrifying with the flickering lights yes. and the, just you're in a hospital, which nobody likes those. Right. It is, it is good horror. But Nancy and Jonathan really thrive in the face of interdimensional supernatural threats, but mm-hmm. they struggle in the face of perfectly normal couple conflict. No, literally. Like, they do get, they literally get their asses kicked, yes. right? But they, they they do persevere, Yeah, largely because of Eleven, but they, <laughs> they persevere. And also thanks to the hive mind, True. it never occurred to me that when Nancy bonks the one, I can't, I, I know there's, there's, there's holloway and the fuck's the other one's name bruce it's tom and bruce i think bruce yeah 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 Yeah. well nancy bonks the one and the other one reacts because of the hive mind yes 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 and doesn't stab jonathan but the rest of season three for jancy is them sort of working through what in god's name is going on with the mind flayer with nancy doing a large majority of the offense like she (laughs) yeah she's the she's the, the the couple the power the what am i saying what am I saying? Uh, the she's, for lack of a better way to say it, she's kind of wearing the pants here. Uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, sort of. Yes, right. Like she's she's um, sort of taking charge on behalf of both. She of them. Is, she's definitely taking charge. Yes, yeah. We also get Steve's confession to Robin. I know we're going to talk about Steven for a second, and Robin. We don't talk about it at all because we're not on season three yet. But we get Steve's confession to Robin that he was in love with Nancy. So mm-hmm. I think right there. We have so, we have another type of seed, right? This is more like an audience seed. Like, here you go, audience. Take this seed. Yeah. And then season three ends with Nancy and Jonathan saying goodbye in Jonathan's empty room. And Nancy says they could hide him in a tent in her basement like Elle. And Jonathan tells her it's going to be okay. Which, watching that back, like, while writing this episode, I was like, what? <laughs> Why do you want to keep Jonathan in a tent in a blanket for in your basement? He's a grown ass man. But I think that's so telling of like the dynamic of their relationship. Like mm. outside forces can't touch it. That's what she wants. She wants them yes. to stay in their little bubble where they don't deal with any outside forces of life and stuff. Mm. All they deal with is supernatural mm. monsters and everything is fine. Mm. Mm. Yes. It's, it's also cute just in general to hear nancy acknowledge that they kept l in, in their basement i know in a blanket fort you know <laughs> it's kind of cute <laughs> like if there was a if there was a what, did, what, did, what does ted say if there was a girl in this house we would know <laughs> we would know <laughs> <laughs> fuck you ted Idiot. no you fucking wouldn't um and then jonathan jo- jonathan 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 <laughs> jonathan says as a wise man once said like who wrote this line We've got shared trauma. Okay. And then Nancy says, so what's a little more, right? All right. Now, the wiki says, 
that this is them ending their relationship. No. I did not interpret it that way, right? No. The wiki is wrong. The wiki is definitely um, wrong. They're clearly together in season I, four. Exactly. I did not interpret it that way, especially, again, with the information that we have from season four. Yeah. They are saying goodbye and grappling with the concept of being apart. Right. Right? And the shared trauma is them being separated. Yeah. So what's a little more, right? Not breaking up. But they seem... Exactly. And they seem to feel that they can withstand the distance. Yeah. Right? Okay. So to conclude, to wrap up season three... We have Steve admitting he loved Nancy, and we also have Jancy being forced apart by distance, but they seem hopeful. But we also see Jancy struggle with very normal yeah. issues in this season, and we see the, the strain that it puts on their relationship versus having to deal with things like demogorgons and mind flayers and, like, they can deal with and exercising your younger brother with heat lamps. Sure. Like, all of that they can withstand. No problem. But these other things like sexism and finance, they can't, they can't, they struggle with that. Yes. I'm not going to say they can't withstand it. I'm just going to say they struggle. Yeah. And I think it's because it forces them to examine themselves mm. and forces them to examine the relationship under a lens that they just don't want to. They just want to keep their little bubble. Exactly. Yes. So season four, the first and only scene we get of Jonathan and Nancy in season four <laughs> gives us a lot of information about their st- their st- statuses yeah status i stat i <laughs> statis, statis. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> nancy believes that jonathan can't come to hawkins for spring break right okay because he's waiting for a letter like in <laughs> blues clues <laughs> we just got a letter we just okay apparently they're emails now in blues clues yes is that because kids don't know what letters are? I, maybe. <laughs> I guess so. We just got an email. <laughs> That's trash. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow Nancy has, I mean, at least according to Fred, right? She has become the most desired girl in Hawkins. Maybe just to Fred. I'm not sure. <laughs> maybe just to Fred. But I don't know. She kind of seems like she's owning yeah. it. Like she seems like she is like in her element she's working at the paper she's like doing her thing oh yeah those um, those and like paper kids hinge on her every word she is their god literally yes exactly lady wheeler yes. and jonathan in cali has a friend <gasps> he has an argyle and we've never seen jonathan have a companion like how he has argyle it's, before it's so great to see them together i love their friendship it is and Jonathan also believes that Nancy has chosen not to come to Cali for spring break, right? Because she's like, I don't know. What, Being, what was the... Like, I forget what her, like, their, that <sighs> reason was. It was like, she's just too busy with the... Pay. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. Yes. But in other words, we are we are brought into season four with these two having a misunderstanding Clearly. or a miscommunication. Like, who was supposed to go where for spring break? Did Jonathan forget because he's high? What happened? <laughs> Do you know? I don't know. It, and it's weird because, like, isn't booking a plane, like, something that you would do, like, in advance? Like, you would know that you were going on a trip. <laughs> don't. Right. So, like, who forgot that? Yeah. To me, it made more sense for Nancy to go to Jonathan because Mike right. was already going. Why wouldn't they just go together? Right. But maybe Jonathan was like, no, 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 I'll come to you. I'll come to you. I just don't know. This misunderstanding is confusing to me. Yeah, me too. I do not understand how each of them thought the other was coming to them. Like, what happened And here? neither of them went anywhere. Yeah. It, it's bizarre. Very weird. 
But I also kind of want to talk about identity mm. for season four because Nancy seems to really have maintained her identity, right? She's working on the school paper. Yeah. She's still planning on going to Emerson. She's got the swag to prove it. Is that the name of the school? It is, right? Emerson? It is. And I and I did a little digging on Emerson, too, before we did this episode. And I I could have sworn, if, if I'm wrong, somebody please tell me. But I could have sworn Emerson was a women's only college for a long time, but I, I might be thinking of a different one. There was nothing about that? No, I didn't <laughs> see anything about that. So I could I, I could be wrong. Hmm. But yeah, because I was trying to see if it still was in the 80s, but I didn't see literally anything about it. So maybe I made that up. But it is a, hmm. a like very city-y campus, which I think is an interesting choice for Nancy to break out of yes. that, that cul-de-sac suburb life and go live in the city. She's going to go live in Boston. Hmm. Yeah. She wants to go. Yeah. Yeah, she's going all the way to cool. the other side of the country from Jonathan, actually. Literally, yes. Yes, the opposite side of the country. <laughs> <laughs> but Jonathan, back on the identity thing, is seeming to have adapted his interests, right? And we kind of talked about mm. it at the beginning a little bit. Is this trauma related? Is it depression related? But he is in Woodshop, right? We have to assume that the school paper... Yeah. And Woodshop are both electives, so we can assume that they chose these separate activities. Could Jonathan have chosen journalism as his elective and chose Woodshop maybe to be with Argyle? I would venture to guess, yes. Right? But we also then get this dynamic in the Hellfire Club of Argyle and Fred challenging Nancy's and Jonathan's perceptions of each other. Mm. Which I don't know if anybody's really done that yet. <laughs> like, right. has anybody challenged their perceptions of one another? No, and I think that scene is so important because they're both trying so hard to justify everything about their relationship that is clearly falling apart. Yes, exactly. And like, I think what what Argyle raises here for Jonathan when he says, "Fancy schmancy college, aka money pit." Fair. To right. This sort of speaks to where Nancy and Jonathan are not aligned in practical life, and that is financially. Mm, yes. Yeah. That's such a good point. So was this, yeah, was this Nancy's dream or Jonathan's? And I feel like this is where Jonathan's head goes when Argyle makes this point. Like, Absolutely. I, you're, I can't afford that place. Like, But then again, we find out that Jonathan never even applied. <laughs> so yeah, it's like... Right. Like he, wait, did he say he never applied or did he only get accepted mm -hmm. to the community college? I'm pretty sure he said he didn't wow. even apply. Yeah, because that makes sense. Because, like, maybe Argyle... Well, no. Argyle definitely didn't plant the seed because he wouldn't no. have applied already by this point. But Because it's, like, spring break. But, yeah, mm -hmm. I think that John, or Argyle saying that to him probably, like, bolstered his confidence in his decision to not apply to Emerson. Yeah. And I think the point that Fred makes... And, again, even if this is simply through the eyes of Fred... Nancy is incredibly desirable, yeah. right? She's ambitious, and this is what Jonathan is saying. If she's head of the school paper, it's going to be the best damn school paper. Like, And he's saying all this, but he's not going to see her. He's not capitalizing on her amazingness right. and coming to see her. So Fred is like, you amazing. Why he not coming here? <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> nothing is lining up. But in the end... Right? They love each other and their relationship is perfect. Quote unquote. That's where we land with this back and forth between Argyle and Jonathan, who Jonathan apparently needs to give his right hand a break, man. And <laughs> and Fred, who's like, eh, you're beautiful and amazing and Jonathan's missing out. Yeah. Fred Fred is the Fred is just he's a simp. 
he loves her he is he loves her but he's kind of a dick about right? it like i don't like fred I know. Fr- like even when we learn that fred has this horrible trauma of his own i'm like i still don't like yeah him. no he's very irritated <laughs> he is poor fred yes um, logan the actor we think you're great but right fred's character. but fred fred is not i don't want to be friends no so then jonathan and nancy go on completely different journeys and adventures for the entirety of season four and for the first time in four seasons nancy and steve get to team up finally we never got this dynamic before between these two that's true we never actually did where they're like teaming nope. up against Mm-mm. an interdimensional something, something. anything really anything right right literally and again jonathan is put into this position of being the parent when joyce goes off to russia to find hopper and he is tasked with protecting mike will l and argyle in california (laughs) i like that jonathan becomes the dad he needs to be protected he needs to be protected (laughs) yes and then we also see Jonathan receive an acceptance letter from Lenora Community College, mm. pretty much confirming that he does not intend on going to Emerson with Nancy. He never even applied. Nope. Never even yep. applied. Nope. Yep. And of course, <laughs> he has not told Nancy any of this. Only Argyle. I mean, at least he has somebody he's sharing the, the whole truth mm-hmm. with, I guess. Mm-hmm. But these two cannot be real with each other where where it counts right where in season four which we'll get to i guess we see nancy and steve share that they they do share Mm -hmm. a a genuineness and a realness yes it's very true and nancy on the other hand is busy in hawkins working with steve robin and the kids on learning about and cornering vecna Mm -hmm. and you can also see how noticeably shocked nancy is by steve's newly gleaned maturity right and they also share a number of sneaky tender moments throughout the season like when she pulls a black widow out of his hair (laughs) yeah which like wouldn't be me girl no girl oh my god um all for steve to finally tell her that it was her all along (laughs) That's like the sweetest scene ever. And also, I just need to mention the writers really did us dirty with that scene because all season we were like, Steve's going to die. Steve's going to die. Steve's going to die. And then he did that. <sighs> and we were like, oh, no, he's really going to die. <laughs> and then he <laughs> They did us. They did. They did us. They really did try to, the, to mess with us a little. Yeah. So... There's not a whole lot of Jancy in season four, as we kind of already established. But when Jonathan finally makes his way to Hawkins, mm-hmm. somehow... In a pizza van. Not on a plane. In a pizza he van. He could have just gotten nope. on a plane, but okay. Nope. <laughs> he couldn't get a flight, remember? There was no flights. No, but remember I mean, like, calling? if he had just gone there for spring break, like, he was oh, supposed oh, to. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> yes. But then we get the that awkward, like, well, I'm glad you were here. Ew, right? And Jonathan was like the fuck are you saying yeah it was or i'm glad you were there it was like well so you could be with mike right but just this reunion is so weird if you've ever been in a relationship where you're even a little bit distant when you see each other again it's like so great you're so happy and it's just so weird it's such a weird reunion (laughs) that's me touching my forehead to yes awkward touching forehead awkward yeah so jonathan makes his way to hawkins right at the end of season four and these two feel worlds apart for more than just distance related reasons wow yes worlds apart yes worlds apart right i want to watch season four first off it's so good so long i know the episodes are so long (laughs) 
So we've obviously watched Nancy and Steve grow in closeness and take on some major conflict together. Yes. And as you said, like two seconds ago, we've also seen Steve be incredibly honest about his lingering feelings for Nancy. Mm -hmm. And she has not even come close to rejecting those feelings. No, not at all. And she pretty much just stared at him and said, Steve. (laughs) Like it feels, it, it felt very much in that moment to me, like, a person who's clearly in an unhappy relationship i mean okay this is kind of Mm. what it is a person who's clearly in an unhappy relationship but like their pride is too strong you know yeah like they can acknowledge that they're in the wrong kind of but they're too Mm. prideful to change anything about Mm -hmm. it all this all that gives me is just how human these characters really are behaving it's amazing the writing is just so good you know it all makes sense like like every action that each of these characters makes is so real like and it aligns with their established personality so well it does yeah and we also know that jonathan is not being honest with nancy about his future not that it matters nothing matters actually none of this matters but still (laughs) he has the opportunity to be honest with nancy about college while they're fixing up the cabin but he squanders this opportunity like he he also makes that off the cuff remark about who would have been in charge if Nancy wasn't around. He's like, who would have been around, Steve? And she's like, you know, he's actually grown quite a bit. And Jonathan's like, the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> <laughs> that was the script. That was the exact. And it's lines. it's actually really it's an interesting scene too, given what I just said earlier about Steve feeling insecure, because it feels mm. like we sort of get a role swap again where yeah like steve has finally come into his own and he's confident and he shares his feelings with nancy and he's so honest with her and then jonathan gets here and he can't be honest and he's 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 like regressed he's so immature yeah and i think now he's feeling insecure about the fact that steve is sort of taking his place yeah and i don't know i don't know what that says about nancy Mm. right as a character and like what is she attracted to is it who is most accessible right is it who is you know like and i'm not saying that's what nancy is i I hate that perspective where it's like now now nancy just wants steve because jonathan's not around that's not true because jonathan has been gone for almost an entire year and steve and nancy have not rekindled anything it's taken steve and nancy teaming up for nancy to be like hmm interesting yeah but it just yeah to your point it makes me think about okay so what what is nancy most attracted to here is it somebody who is secure and open and direct with her or is it you know somebody who is her intellectual match is it the maturity that steve is showing versus maybe the immaturity that jonathan is like what is nancy attracted to well i think it's so cool too to watch this happen like in quote-unquote real time nancy's maturing i mean steve and nancy got together Mm -hmm. when nancy was still 16 years old she was a kid mm, babies yeah and now Babs. they're growing into, into adults they've all been through trauma and obviously that changes you and matures you quite quickly so they mm-hmm. they've all changed so much and i think that it's just mm-hmm. what she needs and what she wants is changing as well as steve and jonathan's personalities are changing so it's all very dynamic yeah so i guess where this just leaves us is what is the future of Jonathan and Nancy? And I feel like we kind of ended our Stancy episode on a very positive note for Steve and Nancy, but I don't necessarily feel like I can say the same for Jancy. I agree. 
there's just no there's no solid basis or foundation for their relationship it's literally all built on trauma and as we've talked about throughout this entire thing which i mean the title you chose for this is so perfect the first lie the first lie of so many they just can't be honest with each Mm. other they can't Mm. and yeah it's just right it's not a good basis for a relationship like to to not be able to fully be yourself and be honest Mm -hmm. with the other person and it's funny to think how originally nancy and steve didn't feel like like she didn't feel like she was being herself with steve and then she was able to be what she thought was more of herself with jonathan and then that worked out for a bit but now things seem to have kind of swung back in the other direction right and I just personally do not see these two going in the same direction at all. And Nancy and Steve were, in my opinion, set up for a love interest reunion in season five, I think. I think so, too, especially because Steve has just clearly matured so much. Like, Mm -hmm. watching him in, like, one of those last scenes of the last episode when he watches Robin and Vicky, like, kind of flirting. And he's just, like, standing there, like, (laughs) smiling. Oh, so I literally just got chills. It's so sweet. Like, he's just such a dad now. And he he wants to be. Like, that's actually what he wants to be. He wants to be a dad. And, I mean, not, like, right now, but... Or maybe right now. Who knows? The world's ending. Who cares? Just have a baby at 18. It's true. Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah. Just go for it. And I think there's also a difference in tied downness, mm. right? Jonathan is very tied down. He's in a different situation personally than Steve is. And I think that there are things that would keep Jonathan from traveling or pursuing or being with Nancy, mm-hmm. right? He needs to be home. He wants to be with Will. He wants to be with Joyce. Yeah. Versus Steve, who doesn't have anything tying him down. He's like on this hunt for purpose in season four. And if Nancy wants to go to Emerson, Steve's getting on the plane with her and getting an apartment and they're living together and she's going to go to school and he's going to do whatever Steve's going to do. And I just like, it's not the, it's not the same. And I don't think Jonathan is wrong. I think these two just have different priorities at this point. I think they've just kind of grown apart and it's becoming more and more evident as they're maturing and getting older that they have different priorities in life. And I also think that Jonathan is a bit more emotionally needy, I guess I'll say, than than Steve. Hmm. And I'm not sure that Nancy is the person to provide that for him Hmm. because she is a very independent girl and she wants to live her own life and live her best life and she's not going to let any man or any other person stand in her way and i do see in the future jonathan maybe holding her back from some of the things that she wants to do because she loves him and she doesn't want to you know upset him and and displace Mm -hmm. him like i could see her changing like he says like if she found out that i was going to lenora hill she might not go to emerson and move out here Mm. so i think that ultimately steve is is a better match for her just in that sense at, at this point right like from what yeah. from what we've seen and that's not to say that jonathan was never a better match for her i think he was at some points mm-hmm. but now they've just kind of grown in different directions season five is going to be very very interesting to see what they do with these three because it could go in three ways right i guess four ways the one way is that nancy and jonathan persist yes and they persevere and they are together because nothing matters nobody's going to college the world has cracks in it the the second option is steve and nancy reunite and get back together yes the third option is they all go their separate ways yes (laughs) 
Separate, <laughs> separate ways. <laughs> the fourth option is that we get a curveball, right? And Steve and Jonathan are like, "F this girl, I like you." <laughs> like that New Year's Eve commercial or, when they're in the elevator. Have you ever seen? Oh yes, that? yes, yes. I have seen that. <laughs> or New Year's Eve commercial option <laughs> commercial for the New Year. <laughs> Guys, guess what? It's gonna be twenty twenty two. It's the New Year. Um, or we get a fifth option and thruple. Oh, shit. Yeah, we didn't think about that. We didn't think about the thruple. Yeah, we did not consider the thruple. I think thruple is like, isn't it called a a trio? Oh, I don't know. I've heard it called a thruple. A a thruple? A truffle? No, not that. (laughs) A truffle a tree? (laughs) Not a truffle a tree. (laughs) Okay. All right. So we have five options for what can happen in season five. And I am very excited to see what they do with this. And I think that, just to end this out, I think that both pairs have their own unique qualities and they are beautiful in their own ways yes regardless of how i feel and how amanda feels about who we want to be endgame for whatever reason i think that both of these relationships bring value to the show absolutely so jancy is beautiful and whatever happens between them they will always have what they have Right. And I think that even if they're no longer romantically involved in the future, and even if Nancy gets back with Steve, I do see Jonathan and Nancy still persisting as a good team. Agreed. Mm-hmm. They Yes, you can't take that away from them. They know how to take down an eldritch interdimensional horror. Yeah, they do. So... Can't say that about everybody. I think, I think from what I can tell, if they do break up, they'll still be on good terms. Agreed. So this has been Jancy. We are no longer going to be talking about Nancy in this context because we don't have a third couple for her. No, that's it. Right? Yeah. So I think you can probably look forward to some Malevin, Mm. to some Jopper, Mm -hmm. and probably, I'm not going to say mucus, (laughs) because that's gross, (laughs) but also Lax is kind of stupid. What are they? I don't know if they have a couple. Lucas and Max? Not mucus. Come on. <laughs> mucus. Mucus. Or lax. Yes. Lukax? M- it's all bad. M- mucus. M- okay. It's all ugly. It's all ugly. <laughs> Max and Lucas. I think that would be good to yes. do. So we hope you enjoyed the first lie all about Jancy. Go listen to it. It is a minute and 14 seconds long and it will make your day. It will. It's so beautiful. Yay. All right. Okay. Enjoy your day, everybody. And yeah. till next time, stay strange. Stay strange. <laughs> to keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall. <laughs>